We're going to be in the book of Jonah, chapter 2. And when I came across, I came across the, this message, and I had to chuckle because I had forgotten that I preached this a few years ago. And uh, it was funny because the, the title just made me chuckle a little bit. A whale of a thanksgiving. Yeah, kind of a pun on things a little bit, huh? But, you know, when I came across this message, I thought it was a filling, uh, fitting title as we're entering into Thanksgiving. Jonah literally did have a whale of a Thanksgiving, didn't he? So, as we look in, as you go to Jonah chapter 2, we see great times of Thanksgiving. Israel's Thanksgiving after their deliverance from Egypt in Exodus 15. Thanksgiving and the dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles 5 and the first Thanksgiving in America. Can you imagine the first Thanksgiving that they had in America, even though it was tough? They were thankful for being in a land where they could worship God freely. That, that's something to be thankful for even now. We can still worship God freely. Yes, there, there's been trials and there's been tribulations along the way in the American church, but not like in other countries where worship has been forbidden. People even being jailed for their faith. People being killed for their faith. People being beat in prisons for their faith. You know, there's, the, there's a ministry out there called Voice of the Martyrs, and it talks about the Chinese Christians that they can't even speak the name of Jesus or they get flogged. Can you imagine being in that type of a country? Or in North Korea where Christians were actually put into a fire, in front of a firing squad and the trigger was pulled because they mentioned the name of Jesus. But you know, there's something amazing about North Korea. As much as that, there's a dictatorship there, the gospel has opened up in North Korea. They, you know, the, the leader of, of North Korea has really, he says, I'm really interested to know more about this Jesus. So things are opening up a little bit in North Korea. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for those who are martyred across this world because they can't speak the name of Jesus. But we can be thankful that here in our country we're able to thank, uh, you know, praise the Lord and, and worship the Lord and, and come together and, and give thanks to the Lord as families, right? But here we're coming to history's most unusual thanksgiving here in chapter 2 of Jonah. We see Jonah giving thanks in the belly of the of the great fish, but we all know it was a whale, right? We don't. Says great, fish. great fish. But Jesus referenced Jonah and the whale. So it can be a great debate, but either way, it's a great fish, and he was still giving thanksgiving, right? In the belly of this great fish, can you imagine in total darkness, not even having light, and you're, in, and you're, you're just confined into a belly of a great fish. Can you imagine what it must have felt like? And he's sitting there giving thanks to God. Wow. 
But we see also Jonah giving thanks and praise to God because he's alive. God could have just tossed, he could have just been tossed in the ocean and he could have drowned to death and been in the presence of God, but God spared him. Kind of is a picture of us a little bit, right? That we were in the cesspool heading to a devil's hell and we're kind of drowning in the things of this world, right? But God just didn't have us sit there and watch us drown. He gave us the redemption through Jesus Christ. We see that Jonah, kind of in a play on words, had a whale of a thanksgiving. Or a gray fish, whatever you want to say. But play on words here. But in Jonah chapters 2, we see some things happening in Jonah's life. That God is saying, hey, look, I'm doing this to get your intention. You need to be thankful for what I have given you. You need to be thankful for the gift that I've given you. You need to be thankful for the people I'm sending you to. It's some hard stuff for Jonah because he knew that Nineveh was full of wicked people. And he's like, they're not even worth it, God. I'm going somewhere else. God had other plans. God knew that this people would turn from their wicked ways and repent, right? God knew that through the preaching and teaching of Jonah, the people would turn to God himself. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we look at your word this morning in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, I just pray that, Lord, you'll give me the words to say. Lord, help us to open our ears and our hearts and our minds this morning for the message you have for us. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for the church family, and I thank you and praise you for those who are on, on live stream with us this morning, and Lord, that we'll be listening via all the other media uh, outlets. Lord, I just praise you for each one. I pray that, Lord, you'll just bless them, Lord, mightily as they hear your word going forth. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, as we look at, at Jonah giving thanksgiving in the belly of the great fish, that, Lord, that you would help us to realize that, Lord, no matter what we're going through, we can still be thankful. Lord Jesus, I can honestly say this. I thank you for saving my soul and saving me from a devil's hell and, and, and dying on the cross for my sin and taking my cross and my sin and my shame. Thank you, Lord, that not only it was just for me, but, Lord, you did it for the whole world. You did it for each one that is sitting in this church sanctuary this, this morning. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you'll just give me uh, wisdom as I, I come forth and break forth your word. And Lord, just remove me out of the way and bring you in the pre, preeminent spot. And Lord, may your words be spoken. Use my mouth as your, as your masterpiece. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So starting in, in chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heard my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed about me, uh, me about. And all thy billows and all thy waves passed over me. 
Then I said, I am cast out of the, thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord thy God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in, in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving, and I'll pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. The first thing that we see is this thankful man was in a dangerous place. This thankful man was in a dangerous place. He was in the belly of a great fish. He was swallowed up whole. And you know what? I can imagine going through his mind at the very moment that he was swallowed up by this great fish. I can imagine what's going through his mind. How long, Lord, how long will this, will this take? Lord, I know I was going my own way. I know I wasn't doing what you asked me to do. I know that I, I, I'm not within your will or your plan. Now, Lord, you've got my attention. Sometimes, even like the great fish, sometimes God brings great things in our lives to get our attention. To say, hey, look, you may not think this is for your good, but remember that, again, like I said in Sunday school, that I work all things together for the good to those who love me. You know, God's getting Jonah's attention here, isn't he? Like I said earlier, God could have just thrown him overboard and let him drown. And he would have been in the presence of God immediately, right? But would that have fulfilled God's plan for Nineveh? Well, some could argue and say, well, yeah, he could have brought somebody else and brought somebody else in Jonah's place. But Jonah was the man that was called of God to go to Nineveh and preach what God had him to preach. So we come into this thing where Jonah, he prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. So he's in a very difficult spot at this point. Confined, he can't, he can't barely move. You know, he's probably like this. And he, and he can't get, you know, and, and the, as the fish is going through the waters, he's twisting and turning, Right? Do you think Jonah got very much sleep while he was going through this crucible God put him through? Probably not. And then he, it says, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. He was in affliction. He knew he was in trouble. He knew that he was doing the things that he should not be doing, right? Jonah knew that. And now, because of the, him doing his own thing, 
God has put him in a place where he has to be still and know that God is God. God has literally said, look, you have no place to go. You have no place to run. Now it's time for you and me to have a conversation. Sometimes God will put very hard difficulties in our lives to say, hey, look, you and I need to have a conversation. You wouldn't listen to me. You wouldn't listen to that still small voice. Now it's time for you and I to have that conversation. I removed all the distractions. I removed everything that's around you in the world. Now it's just you and I. That's what he's doing with Jonah. And he heard me out of the belly, out of the belly of hell, cried I. This was not a cakewalk for Jonah, was it? Because right here, what does it say? Out of the belly of hell cried I. This was excruciating for Jonah to be in. A very harsh position for him to be in. And he says, the key part here, and thou heard my voice. When we cry out to God, God hears us. He was thanking God for sparing his life. Now he's crying out to God saying, God, this is really hard for me to be, this position is really hard for me to be in. I know I've brought this on myself. I know the circumstances that I put myself in, and I'm listening, God, and I'm hearing you, but still, this is very, very difficult. Even in our own life situations, we can face some extremely difficult times. And we cry out to God, make no mistake about it, if he heard Jonah, he's going to hear you in these difficult times. You may think you've gone so far that God cannot save you. I've heard that before. That God can't save me because I've gone too far. There is no distance that God's hand cannot reach. Except for, here's the thing, with the exception of, if you die without Christ and you head, in, and you head into a devil's hell, it's done. That's why it's so important these days that you take your life seriously, your spiritual life and your physical life seriously, and say, hey, look, where am I going to spend eternity? Am I going to be spending eternity in the presence of God and have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Or am I going to spend the eternity in the belly of hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth? It's true, right? There's a choice there that you at some point have to make. It's right before you. Jonah had a choice. He could have gone to Nineveh and done what God asked him to do and, you know, and, and had things a little easier than where he's at right now, but he didn't. The fact of the matter is he tried to forge his own way, and it didn't work out for him. He says, For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floors compassed about me, and all the billows, and all thy waves passed over me. He's in this belly, and he's taking a ride of his life, isn't he? 
He's being tossed around. He's not, he's, he, he's, he, God's trying, he's having this conversation with God. He's not very comfortable at this point. And then said, I said, I am cast out of thy sight. He's feeling alone at this point, isn't he? Look at what the scriptures say. He says, I have been cast out of thy sight. He doesn't even feel that God is really paying attention to him at this point. Have we ever been there in our lives where we just feel like that God has just completely forsaken us and, and we're out of his sight and we're just, he's just not doing anything. There's nothing moving. Everything that we look at, the, the lake, if you will, and everything is still. It's just glassed right over and you don't think that God is moving at all. But that's when God is moving the most. Because under that water, that, that lake, and every, the spring is still bubbling. The water's still moving. Even though it looks like it's, it's, it's a sheet of glass, things are, life is still happening in that lake. Despite what we think. There's fish moving. There, there, there's turtles, you know, living in that. You know, I'm just using that as an example. That's the best example I can give. Just because the water looks like glass doesn't mean that life isn't happening. Even with for Jonah, just because he thinks that God is not talking to him, God may not be, but God is working in his life a greater work than Jonah could ever have had by going his own way. And then he says, Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. He says, Look, God, no matter what, I want to keep my eyes focused on you, even in this hardship that I place myself in. But we can even put this, even if we don't place ourselves in that hardship, even if we face hardship and difficult times and trials, we can honestly come out and say, hey, look, God, you know what? You may not be speaking right now, but I know that you're doing something. Lord, I may not be hearing what you're doing right now, but you're preparing that way for me. You're preparing this, my next step. You're preparing the next place for me to walk in your will. You're preparing that trail, uh, that, that trail for me to walk on. If we were to walk on it right now, it could be disastrous because it's not ready yet. But it's all in God's time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Same with Jonah, right? Jonah doesn't see it yet. He says, but I'm going to still keep my eyes focused on you, God, no matter what. The waters compass me about even to the, the soul. The depth closed me around, uh, me around uh, round about and and then it says, the weeds were wrapped about my head. Wow. He was all tangled up, wasn't he? Have we ever been in circumstances in our lives where we felt we were all tangled up and there was nowhere to move? Hmm. I've been there. I've been in places where I'm like, okay, God, I just don't see it. I feel like I'm in a rubber band ball, and every time I cut a rubber band, it gets tighter, and it gets tighter, and it gets tighter. 
And then all of a sudden, that rubber band ball falls apart, and then we're back out where God wanted us to be. But it's the time in that trial. It's that time in that difficult circumstance. It's that time that we're in that, what we do during that time matters. Are we going to cry out to God? Are we going to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and, 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 and remember His truth that He has brought to us through His Word? Or are we going to, are we going to just kind of wallow in our pity and say, oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. You know, the prophet Isaiah says, woe is me for I am undone. Right? The reason why he said, woe is me, is for I am done, un, undone. If you look at the context, he was in the presence of God. And he just com became completely undone. And he just was like, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips and a, uh, from a people of unclean lips. See, Jonah's getting alone time with God. And God's pointing to him saying, hey, look, you were walking away from the very place that I wanted you to be. You're going to go there, but I need, we, you need this time to listen to me. And he went into the very depths where the, of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Since Jesus came into my heart, he brought me out of a life of corruption into a life of, of being with him forever. I'm not sinless. I won't be this side of glory, but praise God that I have a Savior who forgives sin, who is faithful and just to forgive my sin when I come and confess what I've done and I come in repentance and say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Now, does that mean that we're not saved? That doesn't mean that we're not saved. But when we do something that is contrary to what God wants us to do, when we come to Him and say, look, God, I am sorry and I repent of this and help me to change this in my life, He will do that. He's a Savior that meets us right where we're at. If He can meet Jonah right in the belly of the whale, He can meet us in any situation we find ourselves in. Then he says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When he was at his weakest point, he looked up and he remembered the Lord. Sometimes we have to hit the very bottom of the barrel, the very bottom of the well, and we have to look up. And then it makes us to look up to see the blessings that we have that God's getting ready for us to, to give us. We have to sometimes hit that very bottom in order to come up. I'm reminded of, of a, a story that I read recently where there was this donkey stuck in the well. And, this don and the farmer came to the edge of the well, and he's like, you know what? He's like, that donkey's done. It's so deep and everything. I just, that donkey's done. I'm going to have to fill in this well, and, and it, it bothers me to do this. He's a great worker, you know, but I'm going to have to fill in that well. So he hired a bunch of his neighbors to come over and start filling in that well. 
and you hear the donkey just shaking off the dirt and, and they keep filling in and the donkey shake, shakes off the dirt and steps on the pile of dirt. And as they're filling, the donkeys just keep crying and keep stepping, you know, shaking off the dirt, stepping up on the dirt. And they just keep going and going and finally they got the well set up and the donkey crawls right out of the well and walks away. What does that mean? I mean, sometimes when we're at the bottom of the well, we're that donkey that has to shake off the dirt to keep climbing and to keep climbing until we're into the will of God. Because God is trying to... He's not throwing the dirt on top of us to try to kill us or hurt us. He's just trying to say, Hey, look, th this is going to take some work from you, but you can get out of this well. With Jonah... God was doing a work among his life. And he was like, and Jonah recognized this. He says, you, you, you saved me from corruption. That's what the scriptures say, right? When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. He looked unto the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. God heard Jonah's desperate plea. He did. Jonah really prayed harder, even harder when he was starting to really feel like this is it. My, my soul is going to be taken from me. I'm going to meet God in his holy temple. He's like, this is it. I'm getting weaker and weaker. And he cried out to God. And God heard his desperate plea. And he says, very clearly, verse 8, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That is so true, isn't it? When you believe the lie of the devil versus what God is telling you, you're forsaking your own mercies. Scripture, book, chapter, verse right here. The devil lo loves to steal, kill, and destroy. Thanksgiving is about joy, isn't it? Amen. And the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy that. We should be thankful as we're coming into this Thanksgiving. Thankful for the abundant grace, mercy and, and, of the Lord and His abundant love. We should be thankful for His saving grace. We should be thankful for the cross on which the Prince of Glory died. We should be thankful that God spared nothing for our redemption. Amen. We should be thankful that we have a Bible-believing, local, Bible-preaching, local church that's faithful no matter what, and we can come into the church and hear the Word of God preached and, uh, and taught. We should be thankful for the Word of God that gives us direction. We should be thankful for a Savior who cares and always will. We should be thankful for a Heavenly Father that directs our steps by the very voice of the Holy Ghost of God. We should be grateful for the Word of God. Some people like to do this, though. I don't want to hear the Word of God. It's too much. 
But you know, it's not always bad from the Word of God either, folks. The Word of God gives us encouragement to live our life every day. It's not always hellfire and brimstone from the pulpit. It's not always negativity from the pulpit. Because you know what? We should be thankful for all that God has given us. The main thing that I'm thankful for is that I'm saved, saved, saved by the blood of the Lamb. I know and am persuaded that He is able. But I also know that when I pass through this life to the next, and I enter into glory, my Jesus, I'm going to see. And I'm going to worship Him forever. I'm going to be thankful for the day that this old body fails me and I enter into glory. Whether it's right this second or down the road, I'm going to still be thankful for what God has done for me. I'm going to be thankful for what God has brought me to, too. Because here's the thing. God has brought us to Island Pond. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for what God is doing in my family's life. I'm thankful for what God is doing in, in our community. Not everybody is shut to the gospel. People are still open to the gospel, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my son and my daughter. I'm even thankful for the middle school teens that I have the ability to even be with on a daily basis. I'm thankful that God is keeping me alive to continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, Jonah came and he says in verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed salvation. Hear this. Salvation is of the Lord. I thank, God, I thank the Lord Jesus that I don't have to bear that burden of saying, okay, you can be saved and you can't, and you can be saved and you can't. I thank God that that's not even in my wheelhouse. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. After all, God, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they, they all, they all wrapped up in one were present on Calvary when that blood was spilt. Praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord that we are redeemed. And the Lord spake unto the fish, after all this time alone with, with, with the Lord in the belly of the great fish, right? And the Lord spake to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land right where Jonah needed to be, right on the land, uh, the dry land of Nineveh. God spit him out, right? You know, when, when it says that, that God spoke to the fish and the, the fish vomited out Jonah, I can't even imagine what Jonah felt like when he came out of that belly of that fish. 
Can you imagine being all covered? It would be like, like a Ghostbusters movie all over again, right? Covered in slime, and you're like, meh. He knows what a worm feels like. <laughs> well, yeah, in a way, right? But the point being is this. Sometimes we have to go through the mud in order to be cleaned up. That's a simple country preacher term there. And when we're cleaned up, we feel good, don't we? Well, that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to look back at how He's cleaned us up and be thankful for it. So let's have a whale of a Thanksgiving this year, okay? Let's be thankful for what the Lord has done for us and continues to do for us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you have reached down and saved to the uttermost. Each one of us. And save me too, Lord. We didn't deserve a thing, but Lord, you gave it anyways. Thank you, Lord, for Jonah and his, and his testimony. While he was in the great fish's belly, Lord, you did a mighty work in his life. Thank you for that. Now, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you'll just uh, help us to chew on the things from your word this morning. Help us to meditate on them and help us to think. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing today and every day. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.